Well, you know, way back on the other side of Christmas, on the other side of Thanksgiving, way back to the beginning of November, that now seems like eons ago, we celebrated All Saints Day. And the text for All Saints Day is this text in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. And back then on All Saints Day, we talked about this first phrase, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We talked about those crowds that are named as the sermon begins of all the people that were there from different walks of life and different places throughout the region, that there were Gentiles and Romans, there were Orthodox Jews, there were pagans, there were tax collectors, those who others looked down on as sinners, prostitutes, soldiers. It was a whole sea of humanity that was gathered around Jesus on that mountainside as he began to teach, including his disciples. We learned then that poor in spirit is not something that we aim at, not something that we seek to try and achieve. Rather, in fact, it is a term that describes someone who is on the outside, someone who is cut off, who is looked down on in society, looked down on all those good people, unwanted, someone who doesn't fit. We also learn then when Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is theirs, that that is a promise. A promise that he makes because he has come into the world. That God is on the side of those who seem in our world like they are the ones who God would not be on the side of. Jesus came, as he said, to seek and to save those who are lost. That even if all the world would forsake you, Jesus came, he will not, he came to be with you, that it is the proclamation of Jesus to those who are lost, who are cut off, who are outsiders, that they are loved, that they are ones who Jesus came to find. So often in our world, we think like many did in those days, that it was all about being the ones who were good, who did all the right things. Those who think they are well, as Jesus said, who don't need a physician. Do you remember when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked him, Good teacher, what thing must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus looked at him and said, You know the commandments, do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Do you remember his response? All these I have kept since my youth. You know, I think sometimes we are tempted to say those things too in our lives. I think we're tempted to say, well, you know, I was baptized as a Lutheran. I was confirmed as a Lutheran. I went to Lutheran schools. I married a Lutheran. I'll be buried as a Lutheran that we sometimes rest on that fact rather than realizing truly what it means to be poor in spirit. All these I have kept since my youth. And yet Jesus to that rich young ruler added one more thing as he adds to us, not that we can achieve, but that we would look on our hearts that we would see that those who are truly poor in spirit do not rest on achievements or heritages, but rest simply in the fact that we are those who by our own strength 
cannot save ourselves. We are in need of being rescued. We are those who are on the outside. We are those who are looked down on. We are those who could never achieve anything on our own. Jesus alone must save us with his grace and with his love. So what about that second verse? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Well, there's a book called Come and Go, Molly Snow. It's about a young woman named Carrie who's coming to grips in the struggle of mourning at the loss of her eight-year-old daughter. She is, by trade, a violinist. And she says in the book, as she struggles in her mourning, the music just doesn't seem to rise up in me right now. She can't find that comfort and joy that used to go with her playing of that violin. She's struggling to put her life back together. And she says this phrase, sometimes, still here, seems stranger than gone. Still here. Left behind is what she's struggling with. Dealing with Molly being gone, I'm still here. Life still here is the now. It's putting back the pieces together of life when they don't seem to fit because of loss of a loved one. It's trying to think about those plans that you had for life that no longer seem to fit the meaning that was once there. That life just seems empty. The plans are changed. The future is not what it is. And even our identity in the midst of mourning can change. For Carrie, her identity as a mother was gone now that Molly was gone. What do we do next in life when we are faced with these tragedies? You know, so often in our mourning, so often in our grieving, there are moments that come when we have something that maybe with the person who has gone on before us, we would love to share. We would love to pick up the phone and say, Mom, Dad, this happened today. But we can't. We are still here and they are gone. You know, if you've lost someone in life, someone dear to you, you understand what I'm saying. And if you have not yet, I can guarantee you one thing, the day will come when you will. Because this is part of our condition, our DNA as human beings, that we inherited that sin from our first parents, that they brought death into this world, and that mortal is not immortal, that our flesh will die. It will be laid in the ground. It is a guarantee that we have because of that sin. But we know it is not the victory that takes us. It is the victory that Jesus has given us by the cross that we will live forever, that our bodies will be made new in the resurrection. But until our Lord returns, and if we happen to be those fortunate who are caught up with those who have gone before us when he does, and we have not had to lay a loved one in the dust of the earth, then we will know that glory once again. But until then, if you have lost someone, you know what it means to be still here. It takes the lowliest in the world, and it takes the greatest in the world. In fact, tragedy struck 
Even Luther in his life. In 1542, his 14-year-old daughter Magdalene lay with a fever that she had acquired quickly and it was taking her life. And as Luther stood by his, her bedside, there were friends who recorded some of his last moments with her. He says the following, At one point during that day, Luther said to his daughter Magdalene, My little daughter, you would gladly remain here with your father. Are you also glad to go to your father in heaven? And Magdalene replied, Yes, dear father, as God wills. Dearest daughter, said Luther with tears in his eyes, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I love you very much. If your flesh is this strong, how strong must his spirit be in you? In the last thousand years, God has given no man or bishop such great gifts as he has given to me in you. I am angry with myself that I am unable to rejoice from my heart and be thankful to God, although at times I do sing a little hymn and thank God. But I remember, for whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. What a display of emotion for us to see in those words. The struggle that comes when we mourn the loss of someone we love. That struggle we see again and again on display in the Psalms for those who raise their voice to God asking for strength and asking for help. Psalm 13, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Or that great Passion Psalm that we hear during Passion Week of Jesus speaking from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the cries of my anguish? My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. How we see on display, as someone said, the agony, the raw emotion in those psalms again and again. People who cut loose on God, who want their hearing in His presence, who see no barriers between them and the one who has redeemed them. You see, part of what mourning does is truly reveals in us the relationship that we have with our God. Can I get angry at Him? Can I rail at Him? Can I argue with Him? Can I feel forsaken? The answer in our mourning is yes, because we have been promised in our mourning that we will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So often in our world, people look at comfort in many different things. Some say, oh, well, comfort comes in a type of food. We call it, in fact, comfort food. Or I find comfort when I'm sad to go shopping. Or comfort comes in a warm chair that I can curl up by the fire with a good book and a blanket or in friends. 
But comfort is many things, but not those. It is not the erasing of a memory. It is not the drying of tears. It is not us achieving our own inner peace. Comfort comes to us by way of the relationship that we have been given with our Savior Jesus Christ. Why will those who mourn be comforted? Because Jesus has come into this world. Because he is the one who has claimed us in the waters of our baptism. And while we are still here in this world and those we love have gone on before us, we have not been left alone. We have not been abandoned. Jesus is present and persistent in his pursuit of us. He has given us his spirit. He has given us the comforter. St. Paul in 2 Corinthians says it this way, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set His seal of ownership on us, and put his spirits in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's the message of the cross that St. Paul talks about today in our epistle. The message that is foolishness in the world. The message that says Jesus came into this world to be on our side, to be with us no matter what, to give his life so that we might know when our loved ones have died, we have hope that goes beyond this life. Hope that is in the next life. Hope that is bound up in the sure and certain promises. The yes of Jesus Christ, our Savior. The cross says to us that death has been swallowed up. Still here is still here with Jesus, but not alone. That is our comfort. That is our strength. God is on our side. He guarantees it. Amen.